three basic human needs, food, shelter and companionship. Food is usually readily available and quite affordable. Companionship is also something that most people enjoy readily. The third basic human need, shelter, somewhere to live, is one of the biggest expenses most people encounter. House prices have always made it that home ownership requires a concerted and deliberate effort to achieve. But is home ownership worth it? Choosing to make the commitment to purchasing a home or deciding it's better to rent is something that often comes up for debate. And today we want to explore the pros and cons that might influence your decision either way. Hi, I'm Carolyn Mose, the Money Lady and co-host of the podcast series, Succeed With Money. I'm here with David Wright, founder of the Spending Planners Institute. The Institute is the leading authority in providing education and assistance in helping people to remove their money stress, solve their everyday money problems and get back in control of their lives. You know, nobody fails with money on purpose. So every week in this podcast, we're exploring the causes of money stress and the solutions so our listeners can succeed with money. So today's topic, to rent or to buy, that is the question. Hi, David. Hi, Carolyn. That sounds rather Shakespearean to me, to rent or to buy, that is the question. (laughs) Are you getting all (laughs) classical on me today or what? (laughs) Well, maybe I am, David. It sounds a bit classical, doesn't it? You know, and I guess if we could if we could rewrite history, I think um, both of our stories might be a bit different. Hey. <laughs> well, I, yes, hindsight is a wonderful thing, and I think most people would recognise the fact that if they got to live their life a second time over, they would have learnt from the mistakes that they made. <laughs> but uh, that's not how it works. <laughs> no, not always. So, interesting question: to rent or to buy? I certainly have engaged in this conversation a few times with people and I've, I've heard money experts talk about, um, you know, the, the comparison. I remember Paul Clitheroe on The Money Show years and years ago presented a case for renting being better than buying. Um, I, at the time, interest rates were a lot higher, so I think, you know, that may have influenced things. What, what, have you, what are your thoughts on this topic? Well, <laughs> you know what, David, having done both, Um, Over the last 43 years, we've actually um, built five homes. We've rented 10 different properties. We've owned an investment property, um, which we lost during the the 2009 global financial crisis. So we've we've kind of done a bit of everything really, David. So Yeah, yeah. Well, as far as renting goes, you're winner, winner, chicken dinner because I've only rented nine places in our 43 years of marriage. (laughs) But I've... I've worked, I worked out we've built seven houses. We're considering building again at the moment. Um, and I've, I've owned a few investment properties that we've bought and sold. And I, I think I learned some lessons. But at one point in time, I thought it was smart just to buy houses. Mm-hmm. But there was a point in time where we were subsidising, I think, four or five families rent to the tune of about $1,000 a month. And I decided... I don't think this is really the smart thing to do. So we we sold them off. But um, mm-hmm. all in all, I think I've lived in about uh, nine rented houses, fourteen houses that we've we've owned, and I think I've lived in about twenty three different places over forty three <laughs> years. So right, right. Something I've learnt there is I hate moving. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, yes, moving moving can be quite stressful and the older you get, the harder it gets. Hey, it's interesting, David, because I know that um, most people will know me as the statistics queen, but today you... Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Today I have no numbers. You have the numbers, right? Well, that is an interesting twist of events, isn't it? I would have thought for sure that you're going to throw some statistics at me. Nope. Well, well, you did give me some statistics. You said you've built five homes and rented 10. Well, so there's true. some statistics. That's true. So, but yeah, I know before we, we decided to do this podcast, we were looking at some numbers. And because, you know, like normally to rent is cheaper than to buy if, as a general rule of thumb. It's not always that way. But we, we decided if we were going to do this talk, we had to come up with something that was a basis to, to put everything on. So mm-hmm. a bit of research, we found that the average Australian mortgage is about a half a million dollars. Now, I, that's an average. And obviously, there are people with larger and there are people with smaller mortgages than that. Mm-hmm. But if you were paying off a half a million dollar mortgage and you took 30 years to took it out over 30 years in today's market, where you, you should be able to get a 3% interest rate on a mortgage, your repayments would be around about $485 a week, whereas you could rent a house, a similar house, for probably about 435 a week, something like that. So a little bit cheaper. Mm-hmm. But as you and I both know, there's more to it than that, isn't it? What are some of the other expenses that home ownership brings? Yeah, well, then we've got to add to home ownership, we've got to add the fact that you'll be paying rates and water, so your utilities and um and, yep. and also house insurance. So if we add those into the mix, you're probably looking at more around five hundred and fifty a week for that five hundred thousand dollar mortgage. Right. So yeah, so the difference, the savings then between, you know, repaying a mortgage and renting would be about $115 a week. Okay. Well that's that was that's that's the figure that we'll use as a basis for our, our little chat today. Mm-hmm. So if it is $115 a week cheaper to rent than to buy, at face value, wouldn't the average punter look at that and go, well, I'm better off just renting? Let's have a look at what are the advantages and disadvantages. How do we do the comparison? Okay. So I guess, um, you know, and and I have done... Um, I have done a little bit of research on the advantages of of renting as opposed to owning. And, you know, having done both, um, it's it's a real personal decision. But I guess, you know, you can look at renting. Okay, let's look at the advantages of renting. It's number one, we've said it's it's cheaper each week by $115 um, based on our figures. So you you can move really easily, right? You can up and shift whenever you like, take out your six month lease and then go, right, Okay, I'm moving on. Going somewhere else. Uh, (laughs) You know, so if you don't like your house, you're only there for six months and then you can get another one, right? Yep. So you haven't got any building insurance to pay. If anything does happen in that home, it's paid for. So if if the oven breaks down or if the plumbing doesn't work, you know, you call your landlord and say, hey, I need it fixed. Someone comes out and fixes it and no cost to you, right? They pay. Um, yeah, that's right. You know, if if the house gets destroyed in a storm or a flood, you know, you go, oh well, that's yeah. a shame. Let's move on. You know, didn't doesn't matter or, to me. Or, or even if even if you've been renting a house for ten years and it's starting to, you know, the paint's looking a bit faded and it's getting a bit out of fashion because the newer houses have got a different colour brick or a different colour mm, paint, mm, mm. you can just move to a more modern place and live in a more stylish house 
<laughs> so that's another one I can think of. <clears throat> well, yeah, absolutely. And it also, you know, as I said, it gives you flexibility to to move around and, and live the lifestyle you want. And I know for a lot of young yep. people, they're moving interstate, they're moving overseas, they don't want the burden, let's say, of owning a home necessarily because renting is gives them the freedom to be able to do what they like when they like, you know. Yep. To, more or less, and at, at $115 average a week cheaper, I guess if you're younger, especially, you know, footloose and fancy free, as they say, it probably looks like an attractive option. But then you get into the, what do we call it, the, the beautiful chaos of the 30s <laughs> and, and yep. starting a family and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Mm. And I think at that point is when you go, you know what, owning our own home probably wouldn't be such a bad idea. Mm. Mm. Um, but let's look at the disadvantages of renting because we've got to sort of consider I think the advantages and disadvantages of both owning and renting to be able to come up with a, a, a clear winner here today. Mm, mm, mm. So yeah, so I guess you know one of the one of the disadvantages of renting is that you know we worked out earlier that after 30 years, um, you may very well have saved the price of a house at that $115 a week, but if you owned that house, the house would have gone up massively in value, right? Yep. Actually, let's just look at the sums there. I think we did the, the calculations on that savings of $115 a week. If you put that into super mm -hmm. and your super average 6%, which I think it would probably be a pessimistic average, but let's go with that. After 30 years, that would have grown to be about a half a million dollars. Mm -hmm. Yep. And we're talking about a half a million dollar mortgage here. So that was that was quite a coincidence, but mm -hmm. it's it's also a convenient number to remember because half a million's you know, mortgage, half a million saved yep. over 30 years, you'd sort of think, okay, well, if I can save a half a million dollars over 30 years of renting, that sounds like an advantage, but it would be extremely unlikely that a house that you bought after 30 years, still was only worth what you paid mm -hmm. for it. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, the disadvantage of renting is that you don't get any capital gain mm. because you don't have your name on the on the, the title. Mm. So we'd call that an advantage of ownership then, wouldn't we, if we wanted to look at the other side of the coin? Well, yeah, absolutely. That you get to um, have that, that capital gain. But there are other advantages of home ownership and you and I wouldn't have owned the number of houses we have if we... <laughs> we <laughs> And I think that the thing we need to say here is that both of us have, I think I've only ever bought one house that, that, I, that somebody else built. Mm, mm. All of the houses, other houses that I've lived in, I've actually designed and, and we've had a builder build the house. Yeah. And, and I think you're the same. Yeah, absolutely. See, we had our first home was a, was a project home um, built by a, a project home builder. And, um, and the other four homes we've actually designed ourselves and built. So, yeah, and I guess the big advantage for me, David, and I, I really hated renting because I put so much of, of me and my heart into my homes, you know, and it, yep. it's, it becomes a bit of an emotional thing because you become very attached to your home and I'm attached to my garden, I'm attached to my photos on the wall that I can choose 
you know, what to hang where and how many holes I want to put in my wall if I want to put them in there. And um, yeah, having, having been in your home, I can definitely tell our listeners that, Carolyn, you do put a lot of <laughs> emphasis on decorating your home. Well, it's, yeah, it's and, and, and see, yeah, and there is, there's a lot of people that walk into my home and say, you know, it's it's a home full of love and you can create that in, in a house that is yours. You can create a garden that is, that is yours and it reflects your personality, you know. Um, and often, how often do you drive down a street and you can actually pick the homes that are owned and the homes that are rented? Yes, that's a very good point, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, as a, if you're renting out a house, you know it's not going to get looked after most times anyway. Yeah. It's probably not going to get looked after as well as if you were the owner. No, no. So, so one of the benefits then is you can design your own floor plan if you build your own house and you own your mm -hmm. own house. Yeah. So, so you get what you want rather than renting what might be available. Yeah. Yep. Um, actually, another interesting thing, my wife's been saying to me just lately, we live on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland, there are people putting messages on Facebook and all over social media, I'm desperate to rent and I can't find anywhere, can somebody help me? You know, like I'd, even if I could just rent a room. Mm. So that, that's actually a disadvantage of renting that we hadn't even thought of earlier because... It, it may not always be that there's something that suits you that's something available, available. To rent when you're yeah for the price that you're prepared to pay as well yep that's very yeah. true yeah um and I guess the other big advantage David of owning owning your own home is the fact that over the years that home will increase in value and as you're paying it off you will start to create equity in that home that you can then use um, to invest in other homes yeah. Yeah, if, if that's what floats your boat, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Actually, there's another one, and it's about intrusion into your life. If you're a renter, then the landlord or the or the agent comes and checks up to see that you're looking after the property. Mm -hmm. You know, they rub their finger over the, the ceiling fan to see if there's a, a skerrick of dust there, or <laughs> you know, yeah. and you feel like your whole life is being put under the microscope every you know few times every year, which which isn't a pleasant yeah, thing. Yeah. Uh, whereas if you're a homeowner, you can just be a slob all the time <laughs> and no one's going to check up on you. Or you can be like Carolyn and, and well, in my case, my wife, she's an absolute cleanaholic. Um, yeah, you can choose to live your way and no one's going to tell you whether you can or can't do yeah, that. Yeah, well, it, it, it's just, you know, when it's your own, David, you're more likely to take care of it and to look after it. You know, yep. um, because yep. you know that if you take care of a home that you own or anything that you own for that matter, um, then it's going to last longer and you're going to reap the benefits of, you know, of a home that still looks brand new four, five, ten years later, you know, because yep. you put yep. that time and effort into it. But I think the other big thing, especially for people, as we said before, talking about the beautiful chaos of their 30s when they're, you know, looking at they're, they're having children and they're, creating wealth for themselves and they're creating a, a future um there's yeah. a sense of achievement in buying your own home in having your own home you know um and for for a man too i guess it's it's the sense that they're providing well for their family and they're giving them you know that safe stable environment Yep. And and even those stereotypes are supposedly out the window in the 21st century. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't have said um, that, shall I? I, I well, I, I'm not going to say that. I'm actually going to say oh, I actually agree with you because you can take throw the stereotypes away, but it doesn't change the actuality of, of reality. Mm -hmm. A bloke 
will feel good providing for his family, whether that's fashionable or yeah. not, just as a mother will feel great in making a home for her children. And, and that's a natural thing. Yeah. And um, I'm not going to be politically correct and, and try and, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> ignore that. No, well, that's right. So, that's right. Yeah. There are disadvantages in home ownership, though. And one is like, you know, if your employment dries up where you live and, and there's an opportunity with employment somewhere mm -hmm. else and you're a homeowner, yeah. and that happened to me as a school teacher, you know, I, I, our first home was a tiny, tiny little box in Bundaberg mm -hmm. and we got I got transferred, you know, two and a half hours west. Mm -hmm. And so we, we had to either sell up or, or rent mm -hmm. and selling at the time wasn't a great idea, so we had to rent it yeah. out. Uh, but the cost of selling a house, uh, you know, if you decide you want to sell a house and buy a house where you, you know you, your new location mm, is, mm. you know there's there's agents commission when you sell, and there's government stamp duty when you buy, and I'm I'm at the process right now of looking at selling a house and building a new one, and the out costs and the in costs are around about twenty five thousand mm, dollars. So mm. it isn't. A cheap exercise to you know if you own a house and you have to move mm, mm. um it's not a, not a cheap exercise so that's one of the disadvantages it's not easy to move and it's costly to sell up and re restart yeah true but i guess the other thing to look at there david is the possibility that you might actually if you own a home in a state and you have to move somewhere else for business or work or whatever you can always rent that home out you're right and of course in that situation you'd have rent coming in which you'd have to pay tax on but you would have interest on your loan payments, your mortgage payments, which would be tax deductible. So that would be a good situation if you were sent somewhere else. Okay, one of the other things obviously then as a disadvantage of home ownership is the fact that it costs more to buy than it is than it does to rent. But, the, but in, in that I think lies an advantage because when you rent, what happened over time? So if you're renting for 30 years, we said before it would cost you, what, about 435 bucks a week to rent in an average house in mm -hmm. Australia? 30 years from now, what will rent be? It, it won't be $435 a week, will it? Well, no, no, that's exactly right. And I guess the other thing too to consider, David, is that we already know because we have bought and sold and moved, you know, in a myriad of times, the older you get, the harder it gets. <laughs> and <Yes>. seriously, <laughs> I would not want to be renting in my 60s or 70s. I really wouldn't. <laughs> you know, there, there's an advantage in moving, in, in that I've especially, I mean, we haven't moved for a little while now, but you get rid of rubbish. <laughs> if you stay in the one place for a long time, you, you generally accumulate rubbish. Mm -hmm. Yep. And moving, you tend to, to get rid of junk yes. and, and unnecessary possessions. Yep. yep. But I guess the point that I was going to make was that if you're a renter and, and the figures that we were just quoting earlier, there's $115 a week that, that you think right now, well, I'd be better mm -hmm. off. But when you, you sign up for a mortgage, let's say that you've got a $500,000 mortgage on a house right now, as houses go up in price, mortgage, you know, if you start, if you went to buy a, well, my first mortgage was $27,000. That was... Hmm, a, lo a, a long time <laughs> a long ago. Time ago. <laughs> <laughs> but now, you know, the average mortgage is a half a million dollars. So when you buy that home, you kind of lock in at that point. Mm -hmm. So 20 years, 30 years from now, when 30-year-olds are going to take out their first mortgage, you know, it'll probably be $2 million. Mm -hmm. So 
your repayments are locked in on a half a million dollar mortgage for the next 30 mm. years, mm. even though prices in you know rent inflation is happening, you're it's a it's probably a big mission to sort of get into a house at first, but then over time as your wages go up, the percentage of your wage that's going to mortgage payment becomes less and less and mm. less. Mm. Whereas your rent is going to keep continuing. That's right. And the other really important thing too, David, to look at is the fact that um, for, let's say, you've got the average young couple who who have two very good incomes and and they could have a couple of kids as well with, with that $500,000 mortgage, they actually can, by having a really good plan in place for their money, they can have that loan paid off in, let's say, 10, 15 years, so half that time, right? So yep. let's say that they can actually be mortgage-free by the time they're 45 or, or late 40s, whatever. Um, yep. They then have the opportunity, they're mortgage-free, they've got that money then. Um, not only do they still have equity, it's like complete equity in their home, um, they've then got that mortgage payment, which is upwards of $1,700 a month, that they can then use for investment opportunities, you know. Yep. Well, I mean, and that's the thing, because somebody who's chosen to rent and save the $115 a week now, mm. whether it's 15 years from now or 30 years from now, they're still paying rent every week, whereas you've paid off your home as a homeowner mm-hmm. and and you don't have any expense every week. So it really is emerging that even though home ownership at first takes more effort and you do have to make sacrifices, as time goes by, it becomes more and more and more an advantage. And eventually when you own your home, uh, you know, no rent to pay at all, no mortgage to pay at all. Well, that's right. That... And look, I, I will come back to, here's a statistic for you, David. Um... Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> because um, they, you know, there have been studies taken that say that the homeowner is actually 20 times better off than the renter at retirement, right? Yep. So, yeah. Well, Let's let's do the scenario then. Let's say that I chose to pay $115 a week less and invested into super and I've 30 years, I've saved up a half a million dollars. Mm-hmm. So I'm now 60 years old. I've got, I'm still a renter. I don't own my home, but I've got a half a million dollars that I've saved up by not renting, mm-hmm. uh, by not yep. buying. So I would think over 30 years, rent would probably, oh, I'm going to estimate triple. Mm-hmm. So four hundred and thirty-five bucks a week. That's eight hundred and seventy. That's upward of twelve hundred, getting to twelve fifty, roughly a mm-hmm. week for rent thirty years yeah. from now. So let's do the calculations. If you had a half a million dollars, and you had to pay that much each week in rent, mm-hmm. that's only going to last you about ten years. Yeah. So you're going to be seventy. And and our luck. <laughs> 70 and moving house and trying to pay rent on a pension. Don't like your chances, David. <laughs> Doesn't sound too good, does no. it? I, I think, Carolyn, the further we go with this conversation, you and I would find it very difficult to to argue in, in the favour of renting. Mm-hmm. I think home ownership, if nothing else, is a great way to force yourself into saving up money that you probably wouldn't have saved if you, you mm-hmm. didn't. So. Yeah, yeah. If that's the conclusion we've come to, 
where do we go from here with this conversation? Because I think, you know, our listeners are probably, if they're agreeing with us and thinking, yep, I'd like to own mm. a home. Mm. Well, the thing is, David, you know, this, the, the sad other statistic that I actually read just recently was the fact that most young people don't think it's possible for them to own a home in today's climate, right? right? And that's yep. really sad. And, and I kind of go, well, you know what? I don't agree with that. I really don't. Because... As a spending planner, I work with young couples all the time, you know, and I work with people who say, you know what, I'd really love to own a home, but we don't know how to get a deposit together and and we, you know, we haven't got control over our money and we've got debt and whatever. And so I go, you know what, there are a few different things that you can actually do to be home loan ready. And so, and, and this is... I take my clients through a process of becoming home loan ready. So, and there are some, you know, there are a few things that we've actually um, looked at and we will look at now as to how a young couple can actually be home loan ready and purchase that first home. And I I think the most obvious first one is to get rid of bad debt, which we've been talking a lot about Mm -hmm. lately. Um, You know, credit card debt on shoes and handbags and cordless drills and toys, shall we say. Mm -hmm get those things paid off as fast as possible because the Banking Royal Commission, which is now a couple of years old, but one of the things that came out of that really changed the bank's way of lending. They used to basically, if you had a pulse and an income, was like, how much do you want to borrow? You know, we we can fudge the figures and get you on a loan application and approved in no time Mm. at all, whereas now they're being a lot more... Is the word scrupulous might be yeah. the word? Yeah. Um, and not only that, um, the other thing too is that, you know, and I know we haven't talked about it before, but your credit score is really important when when you actually yeah. want to um, go for apply for a home loan. And the thing is, even if you've paid down that bad debt, if you've still got a credit card sitting in your drawer, and I know we've, we've talked about this before as well, yeah. if you've got a credit card sitting in your drawer that's totally paid off and you don't use it, but it's got a $7,000 limit on it, the bank will actually see that as a $7,000 debt. So get rid of, chop up, or not chop them up, but actually go and take them back and cancel yep. them so that that's not on your, your credit yep, history. absolutely, yeah. So get out of bad debt is a, a great place to start. Yep. Um, I, I know that there are people who have gone and gotten mortgages when they've had credit card mm. debt, but um, so I wouldn't say it's impossible, but that would be a really great place to start. Yep. Yeah, so so the next thing that I like to say to my clients is, you know, let's get rid of any unnecessary expenses during, you know, you've really got to have six months of a clean slate in in the bank size. And if they're looking, and they will look in great detail at your bank statements and look at what you're spending your money on. So if people are spending money on things like, you know, Um, Netflix, Uber Eats on a constant basis, you know, any purchases. Take away, yep. Any purchases that the bank sees as a frivolous expense. Oh, these people are, you know, spending a 100 bucks a week on on takeout or whatever, then they're going to frown on that, right? So what we like to do is. Just an interesting point here, Carolyn. If we're all using the bank apps for our banking and checking up on ourselves mm-hmm. those banking apps pretty much give the banks access to everything that we do and now with paywave where you just basically you know wave your phone or your card over a terminal and you've paid 
it's pretty hard for the banks not to see everything that mm-hmm. you're doing. Yeah. And knowing exactly what you're what you're up to. So That's right. That's right. It, it, you're going to have to behave yourself for at least six months to get that nice clean slate. Well, yeah, absolutely. And see, there there are advantages, David, in using cash. <laughs> yes, well, I, I can see that now because waving your card tells the bank everything they want to know. If you're using cash, they don't really know what you're no. doing with it. Well, do they? that's right. That's right. So, so the other thing, David, that the bank wants to see is genuine savings. So they need to, yep. and I know that if you're, if you know, if people are currently renting, the bank will actually look at their rent as a form of savings because they can see that they're paying their rent consistently, on time, all the time. That is um, seen, deemed to be savings, right? But yep. they also want to see that, you know, you've got a minimum of 5% really is a good start for home ownership, preferably more than that. Um you yep. know, and I know today we, we did talk briefly beforehand about lenders' mortgage insurance. I don't know that we want to go there, but we can give people a bit of an overview, I guess. I, yep. I, I think it's worth probably for some people who really don't understand. And it, I mean, I know my first home, my dad took me to the bank by the scruff of the neck and said, let's sit down and talk to the bank manager. <laughs> I had no idea and probably very little interest. Yep. So if you're listening and you've got no idea, don't feel like, oh, there's no hope for mm-hmm. me because I had no idea either, and nor did you, I guess. So if you had a 20% deposit, so on a half a million dollar home, if you had $100,000 saved yep. up, you've got 20% equity because you're borrowing 80%, $400,000. you have got 100000 as a deposit. The bank will look at you like you're amazing and they know that if, Everything went pear shaped, and you stopped making payments. They'd be able to sell your house for four hundred thousand. Too bad about you losing the hundred thousand that you'd saved up as a deposit. But they're just worried about themselves. If you've got a twenty percent deposit, their thinking is, you know, if we had to sell this house quickly, we'd drop the price down to eighty percent of its value. We'll get our money back. So that's fine. But if you haven't got twenty percent deposit then they will lend to you, but they want you to take out lender's mortgage insurance. And then you could have as little as a 5% deposit, which would be a 25%, sorry, a $25,000 deposit if you were looking at a half a million dollar Mm -hmm. home. So yeah, and you basically pay the the bank's security Mm -hmm. (laughs) by taking out that insurance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. So it's not impossible. If you could save 25 grand, you definitely would be in the hunt for getting yourself into your first property. And you know what, David? There's a lot of people who would go, oh, my goodness, you know, we're living pay to pay at the moment. We can't, there's no way we could, you know, save $25,000. But how often have we seen and we say that the average Aussie family on two incomes can be leaking $10,000, $12,000 a year um, without even knowing, without even realising. Exactly. When you sit down with them and take them through the process of creating their spending yep. plan, it's certainly not unusual to find ten or twelve thousand dollars. And I guess the initial response that you hear from people is, "Oh, let's go on a holiday," mm-hmm. which you know for some people may be what they want. But if you're finding it difficult to get, you know, any savings at all, sitting down with a spending planner and finding that ten or twelve thousand dollars a mm-hmm. year. A couple of years from now, you could definitely have saved a deposit to get yourself into your yep, own home. Absolutely, yep. So, so really, you know, and and the other thing that I often do, well, I always do with my clients if they say we want 
We want to know how much we can borrow, how much we can afford for a home, how we get a deposit, then we will put that spending plan in place. But what we actually do is we create a plan that shows them what it looks like now. So let's pretend that you've got a $500,000 mortgage. This is what your plan looks like. This is what your mortgage is. These are the extra expenses that we talked about, your rates, your utilities, that sort of thing. We put all of that into the spending plan and we take out um, anything that, the rent. We, well, we take out the rent, that's right. So we take out anything that's not required and they start living as though they have a mortgage, right? And the other thing that mm-hmm. we do is create that mortgage in the spending plan at a 6% interest rate. And we know that right now interest rates are ridiculously low, but we also know from past history that interest yes. rates will go <laughs> up, right? Yep. So, yep. yeah. So I think that's that's a huge benefit of, of and we are blowing the spending planning trumpet right now. But if if you can do a, a scenario of what it will look like on the other side of buying my my first mm, home mm. and see that you could actually live that life quite easily yeah. and you've got a plan that says here's how you get the deposit in mm-hmm. place, that gives you a lot of hope for a much brighter future than just being a renter for the rest of your life and hitting 70 mm. and going, oh, goodness me, I'm you know, sleeping in the gutter, mm-hmm. yep. Which, yep. which nobody would like yep. to do. And look, honestly, David, you know, we're, we've been talking for the last few weeks about, you know, the things that people need to know to um, create financial freedom, to give them the future that they really want rather than yep. remaining stuck. And this is just another way that, um, and I know every week we, we go on about the value of having a spending plan, but it's the value of taking control of your money and understanding, you know, what you earn, living within your means, getting out of debt, creating that, you know, financial freedom and a future so that, as you say, you know, you don't get to the other side of 60, 70 and then go, oh, I've got to move again because I'm renting and now I can't even pay my rent because I'm living on a pension, you know, and I have nothing. Yep. I, look, I, I think it's pretty obvious that if you if you plan versus if you don't plan, I don't think there'd be too many people that would say, oh, yeah, not planning is a much better way to, to, to live a good life <laughs> because I think it's, we're all pretty clear, even though we all like the idea of just being spontaneous and doing what we like when we like, I think most people understand that, yep, that'd be great, but if you don't put a plan in place, you're really going to end up paying the price. Mm, so yeah. I don't think that when we say each week that, you know, you really should get a spending plan, um, that we're really saying anything that's that's – you know, surprising or, or out of the ordinary. Mm. But I think what we are saying is that up until when, you know, five years ago when spending planning became a, a new industry, there was really no one that you could go to to get help to create a spending plan. And most people were forced into doing a budget. And as you and I have said many times, budgets suck, mm-hmm. budgets do not work. We, I could show you two families with the same budget and one will have a great year and one will have a tragic yeah. year. Budgets don't work. Spending plan is the answer. Mm-hmm. And where do you go to find a spending planner? Findaspendingplanner.com. Simple. All right. Well, I think we're running short on time. It's been an interesting little chat. And I think for people listening in who didn't have any idea, they should have a fairly clear idea now as to whether they, they do or don't think home ownership is for them. 
Um, I think the two takeaways from today that I think people should get from this is that owning a home is a great way to force yourself into saving and preparing for retirement, even if you're 30 or 40 or 50 years away from retirement. Um, you know, and that you can own your own home if you take the time to get a spending plan in place and be a little bit careful with what you do with your money. Mm-hmm. Cool. So if you're someone who's been considering the rent versus buying options, I hope that Carolyn and I have given you some food for thought today. Um, if you have any comments to make about this topic, and, and there may well be quite a few, if you'd like to put them up on our um Facebook group forum, you're quite welcome to do that. If you go into Facebook and just do a search for Succeed With Money podcast, you'll find us. If you're not a member, just apply to be a member. We'll let you in and you can put your comments or questions there. Um, If you've got any ideas for other topics you'd like us to discuss on another future podcast, we'd be happy for you to offer that as well. If you're not a Facebooker or you've got a question that you don't want to put public, email it into us, admin at spendingplannersinstitute.com. I'll say that again, admin at spendingplannersinstitute.com. Succeed with Money is a podcast series by the Spending Planners Institute. Carolyn and I look forward to chatting with you next time because we love doing these podcasts. Next time we'll be discussing another interesting topic relating to life and money because you know what? Nobody fails with money on purpose. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Bye for now. Bye.